0: Hi, everyone. This is Kristen, and welcome to the Eating Disorder Recovery Speakers Podcast. Thank you for listening today and for opening your time up for stories, inspiration, and guidance from people who are in recovery from or who have recovered from their eating disorders. everyone so as I've spoken about before in other episodes a lot of my recovery was in various programs through the Renfrew Center both of my times in residential treatment was at the Renfrew Center in Philadelphia and I met some of the most brilliant strong caring deep women there to this day they are still some of the best people that I know even though I don't really keep in touch with many of them anymore When I thought of creating this podcast, the first person that came to mind for me to interview is my friend Janine, who I was in residential treatment with the first time that I was there. Janine arrived at Renfrew a few days before I got there and left a few days before I did. At the time, outside of treatment, I was living in northern New Jersey and she was living in New York City, so we made it a point to see each other pretty often when we were no longer in Renfrew. I remember once she came to New Jersey and brought me flowers and I remember going into the city and walking around union square with her and helping her pick out the name for her dog. I remember when I went back to Ithaca and started relapsing, talking to her online quite often and her urging me to go back into treatment. She is the one from treatment that my mom would say, have you talked to Janine about this? Or more recently, is Janine going to be on your podcast yet? Janine lives in Colorado Springs where she works as the director of strategic partnerships for abundant, a leadership mastermind that supports sales professionals in their growth. Janine's mission is to help others experience the brightest and most authentic version of the light within themselves. In her story, she talks about the feeling of loneliness and how it contributed to her eating disorder. She also talks about how a recovery pet being in a sales position and starting to live life on her terms helped her in her recovery. Janine says her eating disorder gave her the invitation to learn more about what makes her happy and that sharing her story helps her to create deeper connections with other people. Janine made such an impression on me because she was the first person that I knew who seemed to actually be making recovery work for her. And so I am so excited to finally have her on the podcast. Here's her story.
1: When I think back to um, really being in the the heart of my eating disorder and um, getting treatment and where I was in life, it's actually really difficult for me to remember. Um, I don't have a ton of memories from that time in my life. And yet there are some really distinct moments that... um, that really stand out. So I have really strong memories of isolated moments that I think will be really helpful to kind of string together my story. Um, So I was in college. I was a freshman at the University of Florida and I felt really lost. Um, I had already switched my major about three or four times in like the first semester and I didn't really know what I wanted to do after college. Um, I had, leaving high school, got dumped by my boyfriend on graduation night. And I was just feeling like I didn't know where I was going in life. Um, Growing up, for whatever reason, I had this belief that I would die before I was 20. And so when I was 18 and in college and not having really ever Planned my life because I never really thought that I would have a life after twenty. For some reason, um, it felt really scary for everyone else around me to really know what they wanted to do. Um, and like the reality is, they totally didn't. But in my perception, like my reality, was that they did, and that I was the only one who was totally lost. Reality, most people were probably pretty lost in that moment, um, but I felt really alone. Um, I um, also spent a lot of time looking for like attention from other people while also at the same time isolating myself. So I was not putting myself in situations where I could meet people yet really feeling this like deep loneliness. And altogether, I just was in this place of feeling really alone. Um, and during that, same um time period um I was having a really hard time not being with like someone who would tell me what to do like being with a parent um even though I was always really independent um I remember when my mom left me like dropped me off at my dorm and I just like sat and hysterically cried like the first night of college which is like the opposite of like the dream of how you get to college it's like you get to college and you go to all these parties and have fun. And I was like just sitting in my dorm alone, like hysterically crying. And I guess it wasn't too long after that, that I started to have um, behaviors like that were leaning towards an eating disorder. Um, there was also a time after college started that I, I went to a college party and I, um, got sexually taken advantage of I think that might have been the tipping point for me um where I just started completely isolating myself um and started um restricting my eating and um just really feeling into this lonely feeling um that I was in and I guess what was really going on for me is that like I felt this immense lack of control in all areas of my life. Um, A couple of years before that, my grandma had passed away. So I was really, really close with. Um, I didn't know where I was going in life. And I just felt alone and lost and out of control. And for me, like feeling in control is really important. And so my eating disorder gave me something to be in control of something that I knew I could control like day in and day out and gave me a focus. Um, and in this like lost feeling, although I was isolating, I also joined a sorority. Um, but like then I didn't do anything that the sorority was doing. And I like felt alone in this group of 300 people. Um, and it just like, it made it worse because I felt even more detached And I um I had this huge like outsider's complex of feeling like I didn't belong anywhere that I was that I didn't fit in that I was somebody else and um I guess harboring this secret of like being really restrictive um, with my eating you know was part of that separation Um, and I distinctly remember like one of the memories that comes up for me that is really clear is I was going out, and nobody had mentioned the fact that I had an eating disorder. Like, nobody had recognized it, Um, and um, I was going to lay out, like, to get, like, a suntan with this girl um, who was in my sorority, and I said to her, like, do I look weird in this bathing suit, and she was said to me, like, completely calm. She was like, well, you're anorexic, so yeah, it looks a little weird. And I, like, no one had ever said anything like that to me. And I was totally taken aback. And, um, like, I felt, like, caught and exposed and, like, I guess a little out of control, too. Um, And I just, like, always remember that moment. And um, it came to the point in college where I was at spring break. And I went home for spring break. And um, my best friend in college, who was my best friend in high school, too, had written my mom an email, which was really brave of her. Um, and she said, like, Janine needs help. And she needs more than our help. Um, she needs, like, professional help. Like, she's in a really dark place and clearly has an eating disorder. Um, I remember I had gone, I think right before my friend sent that email, I had gone to get ice cream with her. and. It was like a frozen yogurt type place. And I remember when she like, she was walking in one direction and I was kind of a couple steps behind her and I took half my ice cream and I threw it in a bush and she turned around and she's like, you know, I saw you do that. Right. And I was like, totally denied it. And then she was like, I think that's the day that she probably wrote my mom the email. And I'm not sure to this day if she even knows that I read the email. Um, But when I got home for spring break, my mom was already looking up treatment centers for me to go to. And my mom has always been somebody that like is over the top about everything. So I was so worried at that moment that people would think I was crazy for going to get help. Like that I wasn't sick enough, right? Like that I was like trying to get attention. And the reality is everyone was really worried about me and everyone thought I should get help. But in that moment, like I thought I wasn't sick enough to need help and that getting help would be like selfish and all these people would talk badly about me and that I would be like the laughing stock of everyone and everyone would be like, oh my God, Janine's mom is like nuts. Like she made her go get treatment. Like Janine's totally fine. Like she's being overdramatic. And I was, like, I was way more worried about what people were going to say about me getting treatment than I was about getting myself, like, healthier, better. And, like, it was hard to recognize in that moment that I even was as sick as I was. Um, and, like, the way a lot of other people viewed it is, like, as if I had any other illness, right? Like, any other disorder or, like sickness they wanted me to get help but in my mind because an eating disorder wasn't like cancer or you know a diagnosis that somebody could like see inside of you that like it wasn't valid to get help and I felt really uneasy so my mom took me to a couple places to like do intake conversations and I was super resistant um And then she had, like, a mini intervention with me where she, like, gave me this letter that my friend wrote to her telling her that I needed help. And, like, seeing it from my friend's side, like, helped me say, like, okay, maybe I need help. Um, And I remember my mom, without me knowing, called the university I was going to and pulled me out of school Um, and got me, like, got me into a treatment program up in Pennsylvania. So I went to Renfrew inpatient. And um, again, I don't have a ton of memories from that experience, like I mentioned, but one memory I have is like sneaking in a picture of how I wanted to look. I remember they allowed you to bring some stuff with you and you weren't allowed to get on the internet or have magazines or have, movies or anything like that but you like I brought like cards to write to people and like in my stationery I had stuck this piece of a magazine for some reason I like really remember that moment of like pulling it out like looking at it like while I was supposed to be getting better I was like I never want I didn't want to be there um and the night before though the night before going into treatment, my mom, I was, I was like hysterically crying and telling my mom, I didn't need to go, but I didn't need help. And another really strong memory for me is we went to this restaurant and she told me to order something. And then, um, so I ordered something that was different than maybe what I would have normally eaten in that moment. And when it came, She said, if you can eat that meal, I won't make you go to treatment. And now it seems like such an easy thing to do, right? Like it seems so silly, but in that moment, I couldn't do it. I just was hysterically crying, like in the middle of this restaurant. And, um, like I wanted to eat it, like, I wanted to be able to not go to treatment and I physically couldn't make myself do it. And it was such a hard moment for me. Um, as far as being in treatment, I really remember liking art therapy and um I had a hard time talking, I think, about my eating disorder. Actually, I can't remember. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. Um, But I do remember really liking art therapy. One distinct moment I really remember in treatment was I was in with a therapist and my mom. So my mom had come, like, maybe once every other week or something like that. I don't really remember the, the amount. Um, And she would do like family therapy. And
0: my mom thought my
1: eating disorder was selfish. She thought that I was just being like a selfish brat by having an eating disorder. Um, And that's because she just didn't understand. She didn't have any context or understanding. And me going through treatment really helped her get some of that. But early on, I remember her, the um, therapist, talking about a plan that my nutritionist had given and said like we want Janine to be at this weight and I remember my mom saying if Janine was at that weight she would be fat and it was just such like a a hard struggle when like you're somewhere where people are encouraging you to be healthy and take care of yourself and then people that you love don't understand and say things that are really triggering to you um and really hard to hear so um that was a really tough moment I um, I was impatient for a while and then I moved to this house where you could like do some more things on your own Um, And then when I left there, I was outpatient for a while. And um, one of the other moments in treatment that I really remember was outpatient. I was on this couch. We were in like a group therapy meeting. And this lady was sharing her story. And she had um, gone through treatment when she was in college, and then she relapsed 10 years later. And I remember in that moment thinking, what if this is with me literally forever? And like, I can never get past it. And like, it seemed like in that moment, there was just one thing in her life that like, went like, that pushed her over the edge and like, bam, she was back in treatment. And I was just, like, terrified by this idea that, like, maybe I'd never get better. Um, maybe this would be, like, a curse. And um, And now, um, I think I've been out of treatment for maybe 10 years. Wow, that's a long time. Um, and like, there's, there's no feeling in me that like relates to the feeling of relapsing. Um, so in that moment, it was really scary to hear that. But what I realized is like, just because that was her story doesn't mean it had anything to do with my story. Doesn't mean it has anything to do with my recovery. Um, but I, you know, sometimes it's hard when there's only a few people around you a few examples to think, like, because that was her story, it had to be my story, too, Um, and I actually don't think I was fully, like, recovered after I got out of treatment. Um, I went back to college, and um, I realized in treatment that, like, I should start doing things in life that made me happy instead of just making other people happy, so in the past, I had been like looking at like pre med or pre law or architecture or something that like made me sound smart. And then um, I decided I really liked photography, and like screw what everybody else thought, I was going to be a photography major. And I just did something like I enjoyed um, rather than like what other people like. Um, when I was outpatient, I also got a dog, which I told my mom that I needed a recovery puppy, which is maybe kind of manipulative, but it actually like was really true. So my dog Milo, oh, I guess I've been out of treatment 11 years. So my dog Milo is now 11 years old and, um, truly he has helped me recover because when you have something that like, or someone like unconditionally loves you and wants you to be healthy and love them and live a full life and just like it matters so much that like I would never want to get sick because like part of me before wanted to get sick because I kind of liked the attention but now I wouldn't ever want to get sick because like that would (laughs) that wouldn't work for Milo um so like getting a recovery puppy actually really helped me um and when I went back to college after that I started picking up other habits of eating disorders that I hadn't had before um sometimes treatment can be really great because you get exactly what you need and it can also expose you to ideas and thoughts that you didn't even have before that um for me there were things that like I hadn't done in the past but I think I like picked up through some some other people that I met um through treatment and um so I started to have some of those behaviors and um I remember there was one moment where my friend Amanda caught me um in the bathroom and she started crying and she said much she loved me and cared about me and then if I kept doing what I was going to do doing I was going to end up killing myself and from that moment I don't think I've ever exhibited like behaviors of an eating disorder again like to their full extent like have I had thoughts have I like has it like There have been moments of struggle. Absolutely. But something clicked in that moment. that It was so much more than about me that if I allowed myself to not fully be, like, authentic in my recovery and, like, be really, like, open with my therapist about everything and, like, if I kept hiding, it wasn't only hurting me. It was hurting a lot of other people. And I guess I never really connected that. Um, when I look back like to my eating disorder, like there's a amazing blessings that came from it. So like I'm glad I grew through having the eating disorder, and I think it helped my family grow in a lot of ways. Like I think there's a gift in everything in life. Um, but it also did hurt a lot of people. And I didn't realize that when I was in it. Um, I didn't realize that, I think, until after. Um, so I guess one key like thing there was like, I was really open and this doesn't have to be how everyone is. It's just my story, but my, my way of, um, doing this really helped for me, which is that like, I was really open with everyone that I had an eating disorder, like the people that I met, um, like early on, like after getting out of treatment, really honest about why I hadn't been in college for the past year and like what. Like was going on in my life and um, it's interesting like even now um, I let a lot of people in my network people who I'm connected with people who I get close to know that that was a part of my life and even though that's pretty far removed from how I am now um, I think it helps me stay accountable to like having all these people that are like looking out for me that know that that was the case. Also like having an eating disorder almost made me feel like I was like the black sheep. Like, Oh my gosh. Like no one else I knew had an eating disorder was like just me over here in the corner. Like I was different. I was weird. I had something wrong with me. And the more I share about my eating disorder now, the more I realize like everyone has something that they've struggled with whether or not it's, you know, a addictions of all kinds and whether or not they have or haven't had those themselves people like really relate to the things that i went through and what i share and it actually has helped me get closer to people like i always had this complex that i was like an outsider and i realized like i've always been in the group like i've always been an insider i just had the perception that i was an outsider And the more I'm like really honest with people about where I am and who I am and what's happened for me in my life, it actually helps me get closer to them and they relate to me. Um, So I went through college and um, ended up about halfway through college getting a job in sales and um, selling really gave me a lot of purpose because it gave me like a sense of achievement, a sense of control. Um, a sense of fulfillment in doing something that was really good for other people. Um, Selling a product that I really believed in, helping other people get that product. Like it gave me something to really focus on and really like put my energy towards. Um, And although I like, it's not like I left treatment, was like here's the plan for like my next like three to five, 10 years of life. Like I was starting to get a little bit more clear on what I wanted to do in life and like what made me happy I actually I have this list that I wrote down in treatment that was like really helpful for me but really hard when I was in treatment and the list is just things that I like and for some reason during treatment I couldn't really connect to it and it started really slow and really hard like it started with things that were small like I really like the smell of fresh laundry and just like reconnecting to like, who am I? Like, what do I like? Like my eating disorder isn't who I am. Like it's a symptom and function of like something that I've been using to like help me get through this moment. But that's not me. My eating disorder isn't me. Like who am I? And like, I think I spent probably like I'm still spending time on it. So, I've been 11 years down that road of like really learning more and more about myself. And I think that was a really good step that I took. And what's interesting is like a lot of people never think about that in life. My eating disorder like gave me the invitation to open that conversation up and really like look at what do I like? What does make me happy? Um, what are moments that I do feel a lot of joy and how can I create more of that in my life? So, I have now been um, in a sales role um, since then. So I graduated college. Um, I ran my own business for three years. So when I graduated college, I ran a recruiting and sales company um, where I would hire and train college students and teach them how to um, sell. And uh, then um, from there, I went and worked for iHeartMedia and lived in South Florida. And, um, it's so interesting just because like certain things that I do now, I was just thinking about moving to South Florida and like going, uh, paddle boarding when I got there. And I was just thinking like how different of an experience that was. Like once I had been out of recovery for a few years, in recovery for a few years, like I never thought about putting on a bathing suit or like what people like might think or how I look. Um, or like what i was going to eat that day or like just things that like really ran my thoughts in life just like aren't there anymore and um and it's just interesting to look at that now so i lived in south florida for for 4 years um and then i moved to la and that was a really fun cool experience and you know a lot of this like has come a lot of what i do in life comes from that like urge of like who am I at my core, and what's going to make me happy, and just following that. And um, two weeks ago, I moved to Colorado, and I am now working at a company that I feel is like truly aligned with my life purpose. So I am coaching and training um, top executives in sales um, to become more whole versions of themselves, and not just from like a sales standpoint, but also an interpersonal standpoint. What's really interesting is a lot of the work that the company I work with now does relates really well to some of the stuff that I did in treatment um like I ran like an art therapy type event um for a lot of the people in this group and there's a lot of healing that most people on this planet need to do um and at the time my eating disorder felt like a curse But now it feels like a blessing because I learned how to deal with a lot of those things. And I developed tools and programs and systems for me that like a lot of other people weren't equipped with. Um, My eating disorder allowed me to like learn how to deal with a childhood trauma and how to work through that and what resources I needed and who to talk to about it, which like a lot of people don't have in life. And with like I'm working now with like CEOs of major companies and top sales reps at like Microsoft and Bloomberg and Salesforce and Google. Some of like the biggest companies in the country. And a lot of their top people, like what they need isn't more sales skills. What they need is like interpersonal healing. It is like the same thing you get through going through an eating disorder. Um and it's just a really like what I thought was such a doomsday moment in my life ended up being the, the thing that gave me a lot of gifts to share with a lot of people that really needed my help later. And I didn't see that in the moment. And it's, you know, been a journey to get to this point where I'm like sharing those gifts. Um, But I'm so grateful now for have gone through the struggle that I did um, to be able to help people who like never really went through that struggle. It's always been like a, like lingering in the background. It's been part of their subconscious. And, um, like, it's just a huge blessing in my life that I went through that. Um, and, uh, and I share with a lot of those people that I coach and that we're working with, or that I'm in groups with now about my eating disorder and, although most of them haven't had anything like in like an eating disorder fashion, a lot of them can relate to the different feelings or thoughts, the feelings of loneliness, the feelings of isolation. Um, And so like, while it felt like something that made me different, it's actually something that made me really similar to a lot of other people. Um, So that's my story. I hope hearing it relates in some way to you if you're listening to this and um, maybe there's something I said that can give you some insight or hope or thought that can help you on wherever you're at in your journey right now.
0: That's her story. If it resonated with you or if you think the concept of this podcast is a good one, please help other people find it more easily by rating it on iTunes, maybe leaving a comment, or sharing it with other people who might also find it helpful. Keep listening as Janine and I talk more about being a recovery role model, how to find motivation to heal when the people around you just don't understand your struggle, having a relationship with how your body looks, affirmations, and more.